Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. Today's episode will be on The Boys, the Amazon original TV series which first aired in 2019. We'll go over seasons one through three. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to the show. We're so happy to be here discussing The Boys. It's been a highly requested episode from a lot of y'all. I think over the last year, I've gotten more DMs and, and messages asking us to do The Boys than anything else. Plus, I posted a photo of Billy the Butcher. Billy Butcher last week, and it had like 150 comments of people wanting an episode. So here we are, our first episode on The Boys. We'll be covering seasons one through three. This episode will also feature our very first chosen one Patreon guest spotlight chosen one patrons after their patron in that tier for three months get to come on the show for a guest segment. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Now on the boys, this show aired in 2019 on July and I found it very refreshing. I just started watching it obviously like a month ago from all the requests, but I really enjoyed it. Some mature rated R superhero content outside of Deadpool that the world really needs in terms of entertainment. It's clearly the best superhero show on TV, although this is a very specific genre that is still in its infancy technically, I think it's top tier. For me, I think I always avoided the show for the first two seasons because I was a little superheroed out. And we got so many DC movies, so many Marvel movies, and Sony movies, and then plus the shows. I think I was just like a little hero overload. And I love watching other things, um, other genres especially. You know, you all know me. Anything with subtitles, I'll watch it. And so I, I was always – when the boys – I was getting told about the boys and like everyone's like, oh, you got to watch it. I was like, I don't know if I want to do another superhero show right now. I just need a break. And when I started watching it, I thought it was really excellent, and I didn't realize how different it was – I didn't realize how it's basically torching superhero, the superhero genre, as well as a lot of things going on in the world. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, this show is really cool. I like it. It's so different from all the other superhero things that we're seeing. And it, I feel like it's something the genre really needed. Deadpool, yes, it's refreshing. and But there's only been two movies in the last several years. But the boys... I think it's something the genre needed for me to stay interested in superhero genre, the superhero genre because I, I feel like Marvel might have already peaked with Infinity War and Endgame and their stuff is still great, but it's, they don't, it doesn't seem like they're gearing towards something that amazing yet at the moment. And then DC is always kind of just like – you say that? DC is just like, who knows what's going on? So it's, I think it's something that the superhero genre needed more than anything. It's also something that Amazon Prime needed. They haven't really had a show, a TV show – that was graphic, mature, violent, uh, hysterical in a darkly comic way. I think that both Amazon Prime and the superhero genre benefited greatly from The Boys and that also Invincible came out, which is super popular as well. And it's showing that the superhero genre doesn't just have to be geared towards families. It can be hard R's 
and I really enjoy the I enjoy the show. I binged it in less than two weeks, the whole three se- three seasons. Not only did Amazon need it for their content in general, but it's like the first really SVOD original show that's competing with Netflix and Disney Plus right now for ratings because obviously Netflix they have so many TV shows, but they have very popular shows. Their streaming numbers are off the charts for sure, and so isn't Disney Plus the last few years with all their Marvel and Star Wars content. Those shows get a ton of view time as well. But The Boys is the really the only other show in the streaming world that competes with those numbers. It goes head-to-head, toe-to-toe with these giants of streaming shows in their networks. So the Amazon really need it. Now, I want to put a, a warning out there. You know, this is a, a very mature rated R show. There might be some stuff discussed in this episode that might be a little explicit. So this is your warning that there will be some mature discussions, maybe some F-bombs dropped. Who knows? Who knows what? Now, the show The Boys was developed by Eric Kripke for the streaming service Amazon Prime. The series is loosely based on the comic book of the same name by Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson, which was originally published by DC Comics. The Boys is set in in a universe where superpowered individuals are recognized as heroes by the general public and owned by a powerful corporation, Vought International, which markets and monetizes them. Outside of their heroic personas, most are arrogant and corrupt. The series primarily focuses on two groups, the Seven, Vought International's premier superhero team, and the titular Boys, vigilantes looking to keep the corrupted heroes under control. The boys are led by Billy Butcher, oi, oi, diabolical might, who despises all superpowered people, all soups, and the seven are led by the egotistical and unstable Homelander. As a conflict ensues between the two groups, the series also follows the new members of each team. Huey Campbell of the boys, who joins the vigilantes after his girlfriend is killed by one of the seven, and Annie January, a.k.a. Starlight of the seven, a young and hopeful heroine, forced to face the truth about the heroes that she admires. And I really like, each season has a very different tone, a different feel, and new characters coming in and out. I thought the first season was incredible. I got a very much a Breaking Bad vibe, the first few episodes, where yeah. Breaking Bad, the first few episodes, they have to figure out how to kill this guy. Kind of the same thing with the boys. It's a good, you know, structure to base your new show off of, I get it. It's not necessarily like copying the idea, but it's it's just a great way, a great jumping point for, for what we're about to see. And it, it puts you into the world pretty quickly in understanding the rules, who everyone is, and what side they're on. It, my, I have one of my favorite aspects to the show is the approach to superheroes. Not just, not just that they're um, nefarious and gray area. They're not all heroes. And I, I love how uh, many of them look at themselves as superior, to, superior beings to just normal humans, normal people. And that's why, like, they don't really care if they kill someone. It's more of like a PR disaster more than anything. They don't really. A lot of them don't feel guilt, and very few of them are real heroes. I love that. I thought it was terrific, terrific to see as because usually they're just villains, these kinds of people, villains in these movies, and there'll just be one or two of them. But to see that the majority of these heroes, which are put up on pedestals by the public and by the media as actually being villains, I love that. And I also really enjoyed the fact that the superheroes in this world, they're basically like actors and politicians. And their public image is more important than saving lives. And their PR teams are working overtime to hide the deaths they cause and make sure that everything comes out in a positive light in the media. And I think Ashley, um, the PR uh, publicist, is one of the one of my favorite characters. She's really terrific. But just that idea that the because behind the scenes of like famous actors, uh, they have like teams of people that basically do th- a lot of things for them, like make sure they are wearing certain kinds of outfits. They oversee 
uh, magazine shoots and anything pub publicity, red carpet events. Like they have teams like overseeing all of this and handling bad press and telling actors and politicians what to say, what not to say. And I love how we saw that team aspect of a PR team put into this show. I thought it was just really brilliant, and it's one of my favorite aspects of the show. It's really terrific. Yeah, they're politicians slash celebrities, these soups. And like you said, they only save people once in a while. But really, you could argue, they only, like you said, they only save people when it suits them for media coverage, good PR. Starlight's the only one that like actually wants to save people. The other soups, they don't even save anyone. Yeah. Like they, and the, the Vought sets up the saving. Yeah. Like they go to the, the deep has, like he goes to the harbor where they have uh, criminals sought out. And that's where he's going to stop criminals because he's a fish guy. So they Vought controls exactly when they're going to fight crime and save lives. So it's all completely coordinated and planned, and it seems very realistic to media and corporations and all that. Now, before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast besides using our coupon codes is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast where you get personalized videos, Patreon shouts in the show, weekly bonus episodes that every single patron has access to as well as $10, $25 tier and $100 tier patrons have access to our Discord where we interact with you every day and do fun watch parties all month. And also $25 and $100 tier patrons get their own custom personalized episode that you choose the topic and we do for you. $100 tier patrons, not only are you a chosen one patron, you get that spotlight, little guest segment on a show every after three months of being a chosen one, but you also are an EP, executive producer on the show. You get a credit at the end of every main episode. We also launched our podcast masterclass online course last year. So for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22 chapter 46 video lesson course give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show. The link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com or it's on our website of our homepage, our homepage of our website, raidersofthelostpodcast.com. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in around the world. Hit the notification bells, leave those five-star reviews. Now, let's get back into the boys. You want to go through some characters? Well, there's a couple aspects I want to get to first. Actually, yeah, you know, let's go to some more aspects. Yeah. So the absolute roasting of corporate culture, which I think is really brilliant and done so well in the show, especially how corporations like to take advantage of cultural movements to try and sell products. There are some really great examples in the show. When Homelander outs Maeve as being a lesbian on television and then Vought starts selling a ton of pride themes items like there's Maeve's vegetarian pride lasagna <laughs> there's Maeve's pride bar um, at the festival the carnival there's a BLM BLT stand uh, a train soda commercial making fun of Kendall Jenner's uh, Pepsi commercial so things like that are just so brilliant touch, brilliant touches in the show that I just love seeing because we all kind of know like a corporate culture and they all are just really trying to make a quick buck. And just to see the behind the scenes of that, of these companies, of Vought using these images and using these cultural movements for profit, I think is genius. Yeah, I love how this show just takes aim at Marvel, Disney, DC, all these corporate media conglomerates that are churning out superhero content basically they're in control of the superhero content that we see and this is just such a different take on it it kind of peels away the layer of the facade of how amazing and, and wonderful it is the power of social media is all over this too whether it be homelander being obsessed with having the perfect image on social media even though he's the most horrific human being i mean superhero you could think of starlight using her social media power to not only get power in the seven and be a, a co-leader a co-captain of the seven but also helping using her social media influence and her following to take down Vought by the time season three and she's starting to join the boys in a way 
I like how it shows how susceptible ordinary people are to the falsities of these corporations in terms of what they're telling us versus what the reality is in the world and how you kind of just get sort of not necessarily brainwashed, but you get really convinced of picking a side, whether it's politics or whatever. And it's a great satire on politics as well as we've been talking about media, corporations, the press. I also love how this show doesn't have opening credit sequences. There's no opening credit song, no like minute and a half montage, which I think is great for some shows, but I think it's great this show. They're just like, all right, Here's just the, show. the title card overlap yeah, on the it'll screen. It'll be like a minute yeah. of a scene. There'll be a, a cool wide shot, and then boom, the boys in big font. Yeah, and another thing they torch is celebrity culture, and is perfectly done with the Imagine song they did. <laughs> and so when that, what episode was it? Like season two, episode one or episode two? I can't remember, but I know it's funny that the, that Deep starts it off. Yeah, yeah, Deep starts it off of all people, and then we we got a great array of excellent celebrities that we all love and. If they had done it with, like, just actors playing the celebrities, it wouldn't have worked. But actually having real celebrities do it, oh, my God, it was so funny. And it's just because that was such a cringy thing that happened in 2020. And then just to see the boys riff on that, I loved it. It was so great. And you actually did. You riffed on it in your old comedy account. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I also like the concept that's never ever touched upon in superhero movies the concept of what's it like for superheroes to have sex whether it's superheroes having sex with other superheroes or a human immortal having sex with a superhero the consequences that are involved fortunately hewing starlight no consequences but with (laughs) with some other soups and human beings there are fatal consequences as well as like I like the complete creativity of all kinds of powers out there like there's some gross powers out yeah. there. The guy, like when, like when M.M. has to fight the guy with the giant sausage, um, pretty <laughs> gross. <laughs> some other silly things going on, but like just the entire spectrum of power possibilities. They just like whatever stuck to the wall, they're throwing darts at crazy ideas. And I like that. Yeah, I, I, I adored it. And the, they got really ridiculous at sometimes, but it was terrific. And I, I like how once people can start taking V, the compound V just for like the 24 hour period. I like how everyone has a different power, and Huey's is probably the funniest because he teleports, <laughs> but he, he loses his clothes every time. <laughs> and it makes sense. I love how Butcher basically has the same powers as Homelander, except he can't fly. Yeah. I love that because, I mean, the whole show is building towards a final showdown between the two of them. Although my prediction is that Billy's going to kill Homelander without being a soup. Probably. That's my guess. Because he can't take the V anymore. Yeah. Because we'll get to that later on. But since we're on Billy, you want to start talking about characters? Yeah. Butcher's my favorite character. And I think Carl Urban's always been a, a great actor. And I've been, we've been fans of his for a long time. Ever since Born Supremacy, he was a great villain in that. And Judge Dredd. Yeah, Judge Dredd. Judgment. Uh, Star Trek. He, he's excellent. And I think he really is the, the face of the show. Homelander, I think, is maybe the most loved character for people because um, he's an excellent villain. But for me, the, I think the show hinges on Billy... He's the real leader of the troop, and he, I like how they portray him as this guy, although he's a leader. he's He can be a terrible human being. He can be horrible to his to his friends, and I love how it's always like he's he can be as much of a villain as Homelander is to other people. And so I think it's a complex character, really well written, and Carl Urban's accent is amazing. It's, it's really terrific. 
he's Australian or is he New Zealand? I think and, he's New Zealand. And then, but his British accent is just, it's so specific and it sounds completely believable. Yeah, he's a great actor. I'm so glad for him getting more leading roles because outside of Judge Dredd, he hasn't had that many cracks at being a leading guy, but I think he's awesome. He's so cool. The leader of the boys, Billy Butcher, and the former SAS operative who distrusts all soups. Obviously, season one and two, we find out his wife was raped by Homelander. She was impregnated by him and then she was she disappeared, and so that's why he has this distaste and hate for all soups. And he's, his entire goal in life is to kill Homelander, season two and everything. And at the end of season one, we find out that Becca is still alive. She has a child named Ryan that is Homelander's daughter. And, son. I mean, son. <laughs> sorry. Homelander's son. And it's it's a great reunion, but it's also shocking at the same time when Billy finds out. Now, Billy, like I, like Anthony said, is I think is also the best part of the show. I think he's the best character. However, I feel like Butcher slowly started getting written into a smaller role by towards season three, and I think that was kind of a mistake because I think Butcher needs to be the 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 main character of this show. I think he's the best part of it. I think him and Homelander are the best parts. I think he had a little bit of a reduction of screen time and dialogue and just interesting character moments in season three i think you yeah, know I'd say it wasn't until like episode seven or six where he we got that flashbacks through his childhood yeah so we learned a lot about his character about his 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 past and his brother and how he feels about huey because his huey's like a spinning image of his brother but i think he just kind of got written out i think there are some characters that they just started like straying away from for in terms of the main plot and the main characters and i think butcher is a mistake because he's so great in season one Season two is excellent as well. But season three, the show, they make us constantly disappointed in Butcher and dislike him, which I get. You know, he's a morally flawed person. He's morally ambiguous. Like Anthony said, he's a great villain at times as well, just as bad a villain as Homelander. But, you know, things like not fulfilling his promise to Becca and pushing Ryan away, using Soldier Boy, which really leads to nothing by the end of season three except for causing more death and then losing Ryan for good, making mis- lots of mistakes and betraying his friends, even though most times he's protecting them but still betraying them and hurting them. So I think the show has been making us gradually dislike Butcher when I used to just really think he was the best character. He was more fun in season one is more what you're fun. saying. Obviously, yeah. it's gotten more serious. Yeah. You know, the stakes are higher and higher. But I, I think Butcher, his writing of the character was a lot better in season one and season two than season three. Yeah, I can see what you mean. He is very dark in season three, but we do get to see a lot of backstory of what is informing this behavior, especially with his father. He basically has become his father, which is the last thing he ever wanted to do. And and I think that episode where he was put in the trance and really seeing his childhood and his relationship with his brother and his father was really important for the character because like you said he was becoming very very villainous and very harsh and and it was gruff and so seeing that made us understand why he was going down this negative path down this downward path and his hatred the thing is his hatred for soups is what defines him and it's so it's so strong that it makes him push Ryan away which is tragic but I think that there are definitely a lot of moments in in season three even though he became very dark where he showed his humanity like he saved Huey's life yeah things like that um where he tried to he went to protect Ryan immediately once Soldier Boy was about to erupt and so I think that there are still glimmers glimmances glimmances what am I trying to say glimpses glimpses of the humanity inside and even like the boys they're like yeah it's deep deep 
deep, deep down, deep down, <laughs> like balls deep. Still love him. <laughs> now Huey Campbell is basically just an ordinary citizen who turns tech specialist who works at a tech shop who joins the boys after his girlfriend Robin is basically liquefied by a train, which is the most shocking thing I- I'd seen on like a TV show ever because. That was the moment where you're like, holy crap, what kind of show is this? When she gets liquefied on the street from A-Train running through her. Man, that was a great way to get you ready for the, the rest of the The pilot was great. The first great episode, pilot. Yeah. And Huey actually, in the comic books, the design of Huey was based on Simon Pegg. And oh. Simon Pegg actually plays Huey's father in the show. I loved it. So I, I love seeing him. That's really cool. So he's a huge fan of the boys, obviously. And actually, Huey, every t-shirt that he wears is either a saying, a slogan, or a music group in plain letters. And it's the same in the gra- as the graphic novel character mm-hmm. version of Huey. Very cool. Always wearing a band shirt or something. I love that. And um, Simon Pegg worked with Seth Rogen uh, a couple of times. The Alien movie where Seth Rogen Paul? voiced Paul. Yeah. Yes. So I'm sure they have a great relationship. And Jack Quaid's great as Huey. Yeah. Uh, he's very he like... so much like his dad. Yeah. He's very innocent, bumbling, and kind of unsure of himself. Not confident. Not a hero. Then he starts to meet Starlight, and that's why Starlight likes him so much is he's just like a morally good person because Starlight's literally the only moral person in the show probably. Huey gets corrupted here and there at moments, but he does his best, and he tries to stay in the light as much as possible. And his love for Starlight is basically what drives him and his motivations for later in seasons two and three, and then season three taking Temp V. And Huey's the surrogate audience member of the show, bringing us into the world with him. So he's seeing everything new. For the first time, just like we are. So he's. it's important to have a character like that, uh, and a, a relatable human. Starlight also is part of that, but just to have a human, a human, a normal person, not a superpower being, bring us into this world, it helps the audience really understand the world. So it's, you always have to have a surrogate audience member in something like this. Yeah, and what's interesting about Huey was he was a huge superhero fan. Like, he had A-Train stuffed animal, like dolls and stuff like that. And so he went from being a naive citizen of the world thinking that superheroes are amazing and the greatest people on earth and we're so lucky to have them to being faced with the reality that they are horrible people have zero empathy and pretty much all of them are straight up murderers i love how atrian didn't even recognize him yeah after, when he saw him again <laughs> he's, he's like hey man <laughs> he's like do you know who i am <laughs> and then uh let's get to homelander i think he's excellently an excellent villain so well written i think he for the for for superhero villains, he's one of the best we've seen in years, just in general, including movies. I think, and Anthony Starr has been doing a terrific job. His acting is just really great. He has so much juicy dialogue and behavior to work with. So I think he has the best part out of all the actors by far. He has more free reign to basically be as unhinged as possible. But I, I, Homelander is such an ironic character uh, because he has the power to like basically rule the world and make humanity beg at his whim and he can do whatever he wants but he chooses not to because um homelander is defined by his insecurity he is immensely insecure and because of that he cares more about being loved than um, being feared and which is why he's perfect for Vought to control. He's, why he's, Vought can't control him because he cares more about his public image and being loved by the people than he does about like b- really being his true self. And he's so defined by his insecurities. It's so well written. He's also very weird with his sexual desires with the milk. It's it's really like cringy funny. Uh, and I love how they touch on that and they sprinkle that milk stuff in every once in a while. It's r- pretty hilarious. Um, he has daddy and mommy issues. 
uh, absolute sociopath, but it's re- it's a really well written character, and Anthony Starr is doing a terrific job. Yeah, it might be the best performance in the show so far. He really took it method in the real world too. Now, evil <laughs> Superman is what most people say of Homelander, but I think that is um, oversimplification. You know, like Anthony said, highly unique character, especially in the comic book world. So- sociopath with the powers of Superman, basically, like. But, like, imagine if Superman was created in a lab, raised by scientists, with no family. Everyone fears him. He's a, he's a man-child with unlimited power, extraordinary power. And the character Madeline Sitwell, I think, was great in the first season. And she was really in charge of keeping Homelander under control because he has such huge mommy issues. He didn't have a mother. He didn't have a father, really. I mean, the scientists were his parents. But, you know, the the milk, the obsession with milk, the obsession with breast milk is is, you know, Madeline really takes advantage of him by pretending to be a mother to him, like with laying on his lap and telling him he's a good boy. And then also the odd sexual scenes with him as well. So it's it's a really twisted take on a superhero that has mommy issues, which obviously ties to the obsession with milk, with breast milk. The scene, I think season, was it season two where he's milking the cow and he's like literally about to have an orgasm just by milking yeah, the cow that's in season three yeah. and i love how every time he gets milk finally he's about to drink it he gets interrupted it's like <laughs> spoiling like the greatest moment of his life so sitwell was using that to control homelander for as long as she could until the jig was up and homelander turned on her killed her after finding out the lies and now throughout the last two seasons he's really slowly gained more power now he has control of Vought after he took out after um uh, Edgar Stan was taken out and out of the picture not killed and then he's gained he's gained control of Vought he's gained more control of the heroes but then Soldier Boy in season 3 is basically just put to wrench in everything that he had planned so he's slowly getting more power slowly getting more of what he calls freedom in terms of being able to live how he wants and then at the end of season 3 where he killed uh that guy who was protesting him and then his his fans erupted into cheers and applause. And then he his reaction was like, "Oh, wow! They they liked it. They wow! Like this is amazing." So this is like I thought it was a great ending of season three because we're gonna get Homelander in season four being his true self because he's always been afraid of showing who he really is to the public because he cares so much about his public opinion. But if he has adoring fans who celebrate him for being himself. That's very dangerous for the rest of society and for anyone who's against him because that has it's amazing how a company's been able to control basically Superman and how is how are they able to control him because of his insecurity and his desire to be loved by the world. Great point. I think there's probably two great foreshadows to that ending moment with Homelander which is probably he gives that speech, that tirade where he's finally like being honest yeah. and like, you know what? This is it. I am more powerful than you. I'm smarter than you. I am better than you. And his numbers went up. His numbers jacked yeah. and became the most popular soup ever, even though he already was. He broke the records that Starlight had just broken before him. And that, and then the other time was, I think, the daydream he has where he's at the press conference. And I thought this was a real part of the show when I saw trailers and teasers of it. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen where he lasers like 150, 300 people yeah. at, the, at the conference just in the stands and in the, in the crowds. Mm-hmm. And so that's just really the kind of person that he really wants to be. Yeah, and once I think he's just going to be completely set loose in season four. And it, I think it's going to be really interesting what they do with the character. Although I will say... Uh, there's something I didn't like about Homelander that they sh- that showed up in the middle of season three was the split personality of him talking to uh, a different personality, more dominant personality in the mirror. 
I did not like that, especially because there was no hints or signs of that at all in the previous two seasons. And so I felt like that kind of came out of left field. And also, I didn't like it for the character because the character was already really well written. And you could you already knew about his insecurities, but to see it so on the nose displayed as having a dominant personality dominating him, which makes him feel insecure... I felt like that was just like I didn't like that that um path for the character, and we didn't see it again after that. So I felt like that scene was just like it kind of didn't really make sense. Filler. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Um, I I don't if if anyone else liked it, go. That's totally fine for me. I thought the character was already really great, and that kind of just felt out of place. Too much on the nose of Gollum and yeah. Smeagol, and it didn't really have to happen because not at all. You could have done it in a more nuanced way, which they've been doing for three seasons, anyways. But also, I think another, the craziest scene maybe with Homelander is where he almost has sex with himself when yeah. Doppelganger turns into himself. Yeah. He's like turned on by it. Yeah. So, like He's just so narcissistic, but also insecure at the same time. It's pretty odd. Now, let's move on to some more characters. How about Andy January, a.k.a. Starlight, who is a Christian superhero with light-based powers and a member of the Seven, one of the few soups who is actually morally good and uncorrupted. She never gets corrupted. She stays a good person. Helps and saves innocent people with her reality. She questions the Seven once she joins them. And, you know, Starlight is a light for the show. She's a, a beacon of hope. She's a great character because, like I said earlier, she's the only completely morally good person. She's incorruptible. And she's constantly fighting for good. She eventually tries to use her influence and social media popularity to get co-captain of the Seven to try to change Vought from the inside, which she gives up on when, when she realizes that's impossible, especially with Homelander getting more and more out of control through season two and three. Basically starts working with Huey, then they split up kind of here and there. And then season three, she basically is a member of the boys by end of season three, where now they're working on taking on Vought from the outside. And also, Annie is uh, another surrogate for the audience, but on the Soup side of things, because she's new to the world and she's new to the team and the real world of Soups. And she also has a scene that is an exact parallel to to Huey's in the first episode. So Huey's girlfriend is turned to is liquefied by A Train in, in front of him. Horrible moment. And then for Annie, she's uh, sexually assaulted by the Deep on her first day at Svot in her first like five minutes in the room. And so. Both these moments for these characters, they show the true side of superheroes and their perspectives and their illusions walking into this completely turn on a dime. And so both both Annie and Huey, their their entire plot lines are defined by these two horrible moments in the first episode. Then we have Maggie Shaw, a.k.a. Queen Maeve, who is a veteran member of the Seven with superhuman strength and durability. She once was a hero who wants to protect innocent lives like Starlight, but has just succumbed to the corruption of Soup Society and the Seven, is basically burnt out from trying to do good and just accepts whatever Homelander wants to be done. She's fallen into nihilism mm -hmm. after all this time, especially with Homelander and being in control of everybody else. So I think she's just is just basically there as a ghost, essentially. But she's had a great redemption arc throughout mm -hmm. the three seasons. By the end of season three, she tries to sacrifice herself to save everybody else when Soldier Boy is about to explode. So she's she's working with Butcher on the side. She's just trying to take Homelander out at some point. And so, she makes Homelander bleed. Yeah. It was a great moment when she when he, she like l l smiles at his face. He's like, there's blood on my face. I love that yeah. moment. It was great. They had a good fight. He took out her eye. Yeah. It was a great fight. 
Then we have Reggie Franklin, a.k.a. A-Train, who is a speedster of the member of the Seven. A-Train is obsessed with maintaining his status as the fastest speedster in the world, resulting in him becoming addicted to Compound V, which is a huge theme throughout the uh, throughout the series compound v and then temp v where we find out that superheroes are made they are not born despite the fact that society has been told that they are born in natural beings a train has a great story arc throughout all three seasons he also has a, a solid redemption arc where he gets vengeance on the racist superhero who paralyzed his brother and you know a train is is like homelander like deep where completely morally corrupt no empathy at all. Like you said, he doesn't even recognize Huey after liquefying his girlfriend. Ashley explains that, like, I've covered so many of your murders up. We we see him commit murder yeah. multiple Collateral times. Collateral damage. They don't even care about so it. So he, yeah. he's, he's been so corrupted by Homelander. But by season three, he's starting, I feel like, to realize the error of his ways. He seems like he's trying to get put on a better path, even though his brother pushes him away, saying everything's only been about you after he gets the new heart and everything. So I hope that A-Train starts to get put on a better path of trying to stop Homelander, even though... We thought he was for a minute, but he just ended up using the information against Homelander to get back into Homelander's graces. Yeah, he be- he betrayed Starlight and the others when they were planning to take down Homelander. So it shows the control that Homelander has on them, and especially at the end of season three, like when the Deep starts calling Homelander sir, like he's he's not even calling him Homelander anymore. He just says yes, sir. Uh, sorry, sir. He's got the painting of him and Homelander. Yeah, yeah. In his bedroom. <laughs> I love how he put he puts Deep in charge of surveillance. <laughs> yeah, let's stay on the seven. We'll stay on Deep. So Deep is Kevin Moskovitz, a member of the Seven who possesses the ability to communicate with aquatic life and breathe underwater. He's looked down upon by the entire members of the Seven due to his status as the group's token aquatic hero. I think that's why he's so insecure and obviously forces the horrific sexual assault on Starlight because he's trying to get power somewhere. But I like how they introduce him as being just as morally corrupt as everybody else right away, which makes him just kind of just like... A pathetic character for a lot for the entire show because of yeah. how horrible and weak of a person he is. That was like when he sexually assaulted Star Starlight. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, this show is different from yeah. anything I've ever seen for superhero genre. Like this is this is dark and it's looking at superheroes in a completely new way. And that's why I thought it was so refreshing. And he does say he has become like basically like a running joke. And it's so, and we enjoy laughing at him because he is such a bad person. Yeah. And I love the ending of season three where his ex-wife is like outing him on TV. <laughs> <laughs> formidable IQ. <laughs> I have a formidable IQ. <laughs> yeah, it's because I told you to say everything. He's such an idiot. <laughs> Horrible person as well. Also a murderer. And then the final member of the seven at first is Black Noir, a.k.a. Irving, a silent member of the Seven who possesses superhuman strength and agility and conceals his physical appearance behind a dark costume, which we find out was because he was com- seriously deformed by Soldier Boy back at, back in the day when they were, was it in Brazil? I can't remember which country they were in, doing illegal activities. And then also uh, Stormfront, a.k.a. Liberty, a.k.a. Clara Reisinger, the first soup ever created in a new member of the Seven with several powers, including longevity and the ability to discharge lightning from her hands and fly. She's also a former Nazi who has been alive for about 100 years and holds bigoted views towards minorities and non-soups and is probably the only character in the show who is a worse person than Homelander. Another great villain, and that's why Homelander falls in love with her. And it's it's They, it's, they became a great duo villain arc in Season 2, and... I actually was not. 
I would have liked to see her in season three as continuing on as a villain, but I understand they, they were getting a huge cast and the ensemble was just yeah. getting a little too too many people, so they had to start eliminating people. But And the actress did a great job. She was just a terrible being, but also both her and Homelander, they're the, they're the only two soups who truly know that soups aren't born. Did, Hom- did Homelander know that until that was out? He knew he was growing in a lab, yeah, so I'm pretty they, sure. Yeah, so both of them know knew that soups were not naturally born, which is ironic for them being the two biggest villains in the world. And most powerful beings and, in the world, and probably. And for both of them seeing themselves as superior to everyone else, it's ironic that they knew they weren't naturally superior. They were made. But what I really like about the dynamic between Homelander and Stormfront is even though they're like so in love and Homelander thinks she's amazing, but then after you know Ryan deforms her and basically leaves her in the medical bay for the rest of her life, she's like still trying to like create this like superior Aryan power of soups and Homelander's like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't want to do any of that. That's yeah. crazy. Like, so I like even Homelander isn't corrupted by the radical, crazy notions of what Storefront wants. It's not so much that he's not corrupted, but he's like, I'm only in this for myself. Yeah. I want to be worshipped and nobody else. So I think that's why he's like, he's like, thought that was ridiculous. But it's good to like yeah. not make Homelander want to like be a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. It's like only this crazy person over here. Yeah, I like, see what he's you're like, I don't want any of that. Yeah. Like, you're not just about me. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at manscaped.com. The leaders in men's grooming use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping worldwide manscaped just launched their boxers 2.0 which blew my mind the second i turned i put them on they sent us two pairs each the most comfortable briefs i have ever owned i love the days that i wear them i specifically pick out which days to wear them so that i'm most comfortable for those days they also launched their platinum 4.0 collection which is the best deal they offer yet it includes their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer which we've been talking about for a year and a half this thing has a 7,000 rpm it's skin safe Built-in light, waterproof. You can use this thing in the freaking shower. Waterproof charger as well. If you haven't gotten a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer yet, I don't know what you're doing for your grooming needs, but you're doing it wrong. It also includes the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, Body Wash, 2-in-1 Shampoo Conditioner, Deodorant, which is really great, using it every day, obviously, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Ball Spray Toner, Boxers, and a Shed Travel Bag. Manscaped is being used by over 2 million men worldwide, trusting them with their grooming products. So get to manscaped.com, use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout. You'll get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. This show is also sponsored by our amazing friends at movieposters.com. Go to their website and use our special promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. They have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their arsenal. Everything from Marvel to DC, Star Wars, to your favorite classics from the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and even awesome international foreign films, as well as a giant library of TV shows. They have all sorts of options for every kind of movie you can think of, as well as options for framing, backlighting, whatever your poster needs are, they got you covered. So again, head on over to movieposters.com and use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. All right, how about we head on into our intermission, Anthony? Let's do it. And let's introduce our very first Chosen One patron tier guest spotlight with the first Chosen One patron, one of the oldest fans of the show, one of the best supporters we've ever had. Calvin, welcome to the show, pal. Hey, how Cal. are you? 
What's up? How's it going, everyone? We're so excited to have you here. We really, really appreciate your support so much. You you are helping keep the show alive and you help keep us going and constantly interacting with us on the Discord, social media. Just such an incredible fan. It's so great to have met you in person and just to know you as a human being. You're, you're terrific and we really love you. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for having me. I am very excited. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. It's going to be great. <laughs> so Calvin's going to join us for the intermission. Then we'll talk about the boys with him afterwards. How's yeah. that? Let's do it. Let's All do right. intermission. Let's do it. Let's start with the movie <laughs> quote competition. You ready, boys? Ready. All right. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn thing I have to say. Uh, I got it. <laughs> I don't know it. Calvin. I know it. It is the wedding singer. Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> Except he's you will listen to every damn word I have to <laughs> say. Like, your name's going to be Julia Gulia. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> All right, here's my quote. There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? Hey, I know that. <laughs> oh, I think I know it too. Hey, you go first, Calvin. Uh, it is signs. Yeah, yes. signs. Great, great. Jim is also that person. He just <laughs> leaves glasses of water everywhere. Because I see monsters all the time. <laughs> hey, Jim, where are all the coffee mugs? They're on his dresser. I am not like that anymore. I have changed. That was the past, James. We have James 2.0 now. A week ago. There's only two cups in my in my bedroom right now. <laughs> baby steps. Baby steps. All right, um, all right John, what's your, what's your quote? My movie quote is... There's something out there, and it ain't no man. We're all gonna die. Oh, yeah, I know this. Is it... I'm not sure. Is it The Thing? Nope. Damn. It is Billy and the Predator. Oh, yeah! Yep. Predator, not the Predator. <laughs> great one. Predator. What a great yes. one. Oh, I love that. <laughs> great quote. All right. Ready for this movie release year, guys? Let's hear it. What year did Doom come out? Doom. Oh, a Carl Doom. Urban question. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to guess 2005. What about you, Calvin? Oh, man. Well, I was definitely in high school for this one. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it was uh, 2007. Yeah. 2005 is oh, the correct yes. answer. Oh, dang. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I remember seeing the POV shot. I at thought the that was end. a cool movie. Yeah, that was great. Because it's 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 Carl Urban, The, the Rock. Rock's like first big like action role, I would say maybe. Well, coming off of like yeah. walking the tall. rundown. Um, and then what's her name? Um, Gone Girl. Oh yeah, she's in that. What's, um, I can't. I'm blanking on her name right now. <laughs> I, I am too. Rose, Rosemary Pike. <laughs> Rosemary Pike. Rosemary she's, Pike. She's the scientist. You're right. Yeah. She's. It's a cool in that movie. movie. Yeah. And that yeah it that is. yeah that POV like. <laughs> Game game style yeah. shootout at the end is really cool. That was great. When's when's the last time you watched that movie? Oh, maybe since I was <laughs> maybe like when 17. it came out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think like I watched it not too too long ago, uh, and it did not age did well. Not, yeah, Stoner <laughs> but James. That, PO, I... <laughs> that POV shot, like as a fourteen year old, it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to what it's made for. <laughs> okay, here's my movie release year. Signs. What year did it come out? I'm gonna oh, guess. I should know this, right? <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna guess 2007. Um, I think it is 2003. Oh, close. 2002. Wow, it's that old. Oh, yeah, it's old. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap! I think Joaquin's really young in yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he is young. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. 
<laughs> Terrible guess, James. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It's like five years, bro. All right, Cal. Um, okay. Uh, so what year did A Clockwork Orange, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and Diamonds Are Forever come out? Oh, good question. I'm going to go 1970... 1974. I'm going to go 1980, 1979. In 1971. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow, it is that old. It's old. Wow. Well, you got to think of Willy Wonka. Yeah, like, yeah, that's I an old, yeah. old movie. Mm-hmm. Wow, 71. Man, I can't. That movie. Terrible guess, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible guess. You're way Like off. a decade off. <laughs> Legit. And I, and I host a movie Oh, uh, 1993. I love Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> All right, movie pop quiz time, gentlemen. What is the name of Carl Urban's character in Lord of the Rings? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) Someone's going to get mad at us. Um, Beowin. (laughs) Is that your final guess? Uh, No, it's not. It's um, (laughs) um, Bowen. Bowen. I don't know. Cal, any guesses? <laughs> I can't. On, I can't guys. even think about it. Aomer. 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 His cousin's Aowen. You know what's sad is I just watched this with the boys. That's, like, a, that's a hard the, name to remember. Beach. That's hard. There are some hard names to remember yeah. in Lord of the Rings. It's funny because yesterday someone DM'd me saying I, my Thor photo made me look like Aomer. And I was like, <laughs> and I couldn't even remember it. I just I just was just told the name yesterday. You're probably like, who the hell's Aomer? <laughs> it's, it's I'm Aomer. so bad with like fantasy I did, fictional names. I did like. have to Google it. I did have to Google it. <laughs> it can be tough. <laughs> Okay, here's my quiz question. How many Gus Van Sant movies has Joaquin Phoenix starred in? And if you can, can you name them? Um, I'm going to guess two. Calvin? I was going to say two as well. Two is correct. Two is correct. What is the okay. one that he's in with um, Eowyn? <laughs> Eowyn. <laughs> You want me to tell you? Um, he's in the back seat. It's her. That's that's right. That's what's Nicole called? Kidman. Yep. Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman, and then Joaquin, and then Liv Tyler. What is the Casey name of that Affleck's movie? in it? What's yeah. the name of that movie? It's like it's called To Die For. Yeah, so that's one. What it's is... excellent movie. And then he actually just did one recently. He also starred with Jonah Hill in the movie. Hint: Olivia Wilde. Don't worry. He won't oh, get, don't worry. He, he won't get far on, on foot. foot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great question. Thanks. There's a toughie. There's a toughie. <laughs> Cal? Um, yeah. Um, I feel like mine's not that special of a question. <laughs> hey, man. I'm sure it's great. If it's um, coming from you, then it's special. Aw. No. Uh, I was like, oh, scramble. Okay. Um, what is the highest grossing rated R movie of all time? Oh, good question. Uh, I'm going to adjust it for inflation or just... Oh, easy peasy. Joker. Uh, Hold on. It is. It is the Joker. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say The Exorcist, so I would have been wrong. No, actually, The Exorcist is pretty far down on the list. Oh, really? Sorry. But adjusted, like, the the Exorcist adjusted for inflation is like 1.5 bill, I I believe. Yeah, maybe. I, uh, yeah. I want to say one. Uh, the Joker is like a hundred or a billion and like seven hundred million. What? Something yeah, odd. dude, that made almost Whoa. two. Bill. That was a really. I didn't know it yeah. made that much. The movie made a ton. I thought it was just a bill. 
Wow. Yeah, it's it's insane. No wonder why I had to make it a sequel. Warner <laughs> Brothers like, Joaquin, how much money do you want? It's like Todd Phillips. You want to do a sequel? You want to do a musical? Let's go. Whatever. We will give you all of the money. It's really close to uh, Deadpool, mm. actually, wow. too. Deadpool almost has that spot. Wow, that's crazy. It's a lot of cheddar cheese. All right. <laughs> how about, Anthony, what do we got for, like, haters this week? We, we got it. <laughs> We don't have any haters this week. <laughs> no haters. No unsubscribers. Well, there was like mean haters, but I don't want to. I don't want to bring them up. Okay, yeah. Don't we bring said up. all the unsubscribes the, the other way. Yeah, <laughs> some of them were nasty. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Legends. That was that was traumatic. Yeah, but we do have a Godfather shout out. Our Godfather patron, Darren, amazing patron. Darren, thank you so much for being a Godfather patron. He became a Godfather patron <laughs> the day of my daughter's wedding. We appreciate your support. It means the world to us. It allows us to keep the show running full time. And their choice for a Godfather episode is Rear Window. Oh, My favorite yes. Hitchcock movie. Great we pick. Can't, we can't wait to do a bonus review for you on Patreon. It's a top 100 movie of all time for sure. Oh, for on my show. list. For I love show. that movie. Great pick. Thank you so much for the support. Appreciate you so much. We have some great five-star reviews. Ready? So this one is from Stated Carter. Best movie podcast. Literally the goat of movie reviews news history. If you find better movie podcasts than this, you're lying to yourself. They never gave the 1999 masterpiece with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz the Mummy its own episode. So I will say unsubscribe. <laughs> it, was, it shared an episode. Oh, it shared it with, with National Treasure. National Treasure, yeah. right. <laughs> and then Gator9696. <laughs> Roscoe, best movie podcast out there. Love these Boston bros better than talking to any homeless person I've ever encountered. Oh Unsubscribe. That was a reference to a horrible one star review. Yeah. Thank Skater. you for the fire. always review. commenting on our TikToks. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. Um, on this day in film history, today is July 14th in 1969. Easy Rider, which was directed by Dennis Hopper, starring himself, Peter Fonda, and Jack Nicholson, is released. In 1989, When Harry Met Sally is released. In 1999, The Blair Witch Project is released. In 2000, X-Men is released. In 2006, You, Me, and Dupree is released. I like that movie. In 2008, <laughs> The Dark Knight premiered in New York City. In 2017, War for the Planet of the Apes. If you're listening to this episode in 2023, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 was released. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to the late Ingmar Bergman, Jane Lynch, Jackie Earl Haley and Phoebe Waller-Bridges. My streaming recommendation for this episode is Yiro Dreams of Sushi, which is on Amazon Prime. Oh, I love that movie. My streaming recommendation is Sweeney Todd on HBO Max. It's a terrific musical. Cool. Y'all ready to get back Mine's in? Me. Oh, you got a wreck? Yeah. Oh, I got one. I got one. I've been watching uh, From, and it's on Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. It is a like uh, science fiction horror movie or uh, show. Oh, cool. I haven't. It's I haven't really heard of good. That. It. Uh, I don't know the lead actor, uh, but he played Michael in Lost. Oh, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew Matthew Fox. Fox, yeah. He's uh, pretty much the lead oh, actor cool. in that show, but it's really scary. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna check surprising. it out. Matting yeah. to my list. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. How about we get back into our episode on the boys? We'll keep Calvin along for the rest of the episode because why not? Sounds great. Because he's the man. Um, we were talking yeah. about the seven, and then we were starting to get talking about the, the boys. boys. We've talked about Huey and Butcher, but how about we talk about Mother's Milk, M.M., who I think through the first two seasons is one of my favorite characters for sure. I just feel like he got kind of a little outridden of the plot in season three because Butcher betrays him, obviously. But M.M. is kind of like the the moral wall that prevents Butcher from going too crazy. He's second in command of the boys. He's responsible for organizing and planning the 
their operations. He's formerly a medic in the Marine Corps, and he joined the boys after his father, who was an attorney, worked himself to death while attempting to bring down Vought through the legal system, and his family was killed by Soldier Boy. I also think it's one of the best performances on the show. He's a terrific actor, and M.M. is one of my favorite characters. And he has, he's got, I think, the best heart of all the boys by far, except for maybe Kimiko. And I love the storyline between his history with Soldier Boy. And I think that they're gearing towards he's eventually going to be the one to take down Soldier Boy. It would seem right for him being the one to kill Soldier Boy eventually. Maybe it'll happen in next season because Soldier Boy is still alive, we find out at the end of season three. But I think that MM storyline is gearing towards that because I don't want anyone else to take out Soldier Boy. Same. I want it to be him. He deserves it to get revenge and justice for his family. And also the connection with his daughter is the most heartfelt part of the show, I would say. MM's the man. Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Laz Alonzo? Is yeah. That, yeah. That is his name. Um, yeah. He's a fantastic actor. And... Uh, I think that that's pretty much where the story is going to go is he's going to get his justice for his family um, and kill Soldier Boy ultimately. And because, you know, the show just plays heavily on the uh, the racist aspect of of that with uh, M.M. and Homelander. I hope he takes him out. And I like like the little character points of mm like he has ocd that he's obsessed with everything being in perfect mm-hmm. order mm-hmm. he's kind of like huey where he always wears music shirts shirts whether it's like tupac or snoop dogg so they're kind of like counter characters in that and yeah. huey wears like classic rock shirts and like he has like a rush shirt on mm-hmm. so i like that aspect of, of it a, a lot but i i hope mm gets more to do in season four because he's kind of sidelined in season three because butcher and huey were the ones taking temp v kind of driving that plot forward when he was working on his own to try to stop things from the other side in the in the storyline with his daughter and I loved how he punched his daughter's stepdaughter stepfather in the face. Yeah, that was great. Even yes, though it was that was the best. Probably not the best thing for your daughter <laughs> to see, but man, that was great act. And it's gonna add a lot of complications because he was super excited when Homelander killed that protester. And so that's mm-hmm. that's the guy who's your stepfather of your of your daughter that's terrible for mm so that's going to be an interesting story thread moving forward and then one of my favorite characters in the show is kamiko i think she's terrific and um amazing performance she's so charming and infectiously personable uh and her kills are just brutal some of the best action scenes are her scenes by herself i love her power she's basically like wolverine without the claws which is really cool i I love how she has the uh, quick healing uh, aspect to her and I think she's definitely one of the best written characters we have on the show. Yeah, Kimiko is a mute member of the boys with super strength and regenerative healing, which who speaks through a sign language that she made up with her and her brother. She was involuntary in, involuntarily injected with Compound V as part of Homelander's scheme to create superpowered terrorists throughout the world. She joins the boys after they rescued her. Kimiko is excellent. You know, she's a really fun character. I love her relationship with, with Frenchie as it's grown throughout the three seasons. I think the representation of sign language is phenomenal to put in a major show like this. Kimiko's the best. Like, <laughs> she she is brutal, um, and I love the sign language stuff. I think that I like, I like seeing that in film. I think that's a very important part of, uh, like, moving forward in uh, communication in our society. I have a friend who speaks sign language only. She was watching it, and she said it's all really accurate. That's great. So... The actress must have put a lot of work into that. She must have put it like, to kind of make it like seem like close to ALS, but also I mean ASL, version, her own version of it. But her, their own version of it since yeah. they started when they were kids. And one of my favorite 
scenes in the whole series is the musical her, with her and Frenchie in the hospital. I thought that was so fun to see. The show is so the show show can be very dark and graphic, and there's to see like a fun moment like that. I think it was a terrific addition. Yeah, and I like how Kamiko she hates her powers. A lot of these superheroes are obsessed with their powers, but she hates them. She hates being a soup. And when she loses her powers after Soldier Boy blasts her and she survives, thank goodness, but she doesn't regenerate and she's in the hospital and she's so happy to have lost her powers. She's a human being again. She can like feel Frenchie's arms. Like now I can feel you're not just like a toothpick to me anymore. I can actually feel what they feel like. You're actually kind of strong, you know? Um, so I, I, I like how she was happy that she lost them, but then she wants to get them back with Compound V because of her love for Frenchie and she... She almost lost Frenchie because she wasn't able to protect him. And so she wants to be a super again to be able to protect Frenchie from danger. Yeah, it's a really great storyline. It's really it's really endearing and touching because I hopefully they butt into more of a romance in season four, I hope, because that's been something they've been really holding back on. Like they kissed in the hospital and then Frenchie like booked it to the vending machine to get coffee, which I understand maybe that's just like a, a little too much at the moment for him. But I hopefully they get back into a romantic situation because I would like to see that rom- romance grow and I blossom. I think it's going to be more like brother sister because she after that she said you're we're more than just that we're family. So I think she she looks at him like she's like they're a brother sister relationship. Well, maybe now. he looks at her like a sister yeah. because she's the one who kissed him. Yeah, no, but I'm, but after the kiss she said yeah, yeah. she said we're not just that we're family. So True. I think from now on they're going to be like just very close siblings for the future. And Frenchie is awesome. Uh, excellent actor, excellent performance. I think he's uh, he's super funny. I love when he's just bickering with MM and, or Billy. And uh, I think him standing up for himself to Butcher at the end of season three was a big shining moment for the character. And also, he seems to have a very interesting past working with those uh, Russian criminals. He has a lot of skills. He's like the cook of the crew. He can do anything in the lab. So I think he's an excellent character in The Boys. Yeah, he's a French member of The Boys, an international arms trafficker skilled in munitions, ordnance, infiltration, communications, and chemistry too as well in science. He's coerced into joining the group by Mallory to protect his criminal friends eventually. But he also has been working on a redemption arc. A lot of the characters in this film have great redemption arcs like Frenchie has one. But I like how he's become a little more unhinged in season three. He's back on coke and he's just like losing his mind a little bit. But he's still working for good and he helps concoct all sorts of cocktails for the crew and explosives and stuff like that. So he's a super fun character. Frenchie's awesome. He brings a lot of comedic relief for me. And it's nice to have that in such a like terrifying world. (laughs) (laughs) The actor's not even French. He's actually Israeli. Yeah. He does a great French accent though. And um, But what's Frenchie and all of the boys... They have extremely dark paths, paths, and they they are all killers, uh, and so they're they're not like heroes themselves, but that like Frenchie, I think his connection with Kamiko, it's really changing him. He's trying to be a better person, and he's trying to escape his past. And so I think all the characters, uh, even MM, I'm not sure if he's killed anyone in the past, but it's, he probably has. It's interesting that even though they're the heroes of the show, they all have dark pasts that they're trying to basically overcome. Get to fight evil with evil sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that horror movie? That's there's like, like the quote for that. Um, who else we got? Let's go to how about Victoria Vic Newman, Nadia, who is the politician who also is a secret soup and explodes heads. She's a congresswoman who publicly opposes Vought, but is secretly, like I said, a soup with psychic powers and was 
adopted by Stan Edgar. So technically, she is Vought. That was a great twist when it was re revealed that Edgar was basically her father figure growing up and took care of her. And the first head popping scene was insane. And then the Congress scene was absolutely bonkers and then when, when it was revealed when um when it was revealed that it was her who was the head popper i was like oh my god like when she killed her childhood friend that was insane and she's being set up to be the big bad it looks like i mean she looks like she's going to become vice president and then probably eventually president it looks like a house of cards kind of setup where um frank made uh killed the president so he could become the president so it looks like we have a similar trajectory and she might end up becoming beside homelander the big bad of the show oh she's definitely gonna pop the president's head for oh, yeah. sure absolutely once he gets elected <laughs> well, how do you feel about nadia calvin uh scared of her <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, uh she has just like um i think she's gonna play probably the biggest role in season four um as far as like She's going to be the target. It's, it looks like at the end of season three, that's pretty much what Billy the Butcher says. Like, he's just like, she's got to go. <laughs> like, Absolutely. 100%. So. Uh, two other characters from Vought. We talked about Madeline Sitwell, who gets taken out by Homelander at the end of season one. But then we also have Ashley Barrett, who is a publicist for Vought International, who later succeeds Sitwell and becomes CEO or something like that of Vought Industries or, or something. When president. President when Homelander yeah. takes over. And then we have... Well, I love Ashley. Yeah, Ashley's great. She's a great addition to the show. I think she's such an underrated character. You never see her on the posters or marketing because she's not like part of like the lead crew of the boys or the soups. But I think she's an inter integral figure. She's like the PR, the publicist. She's so funny, but also she shows the the true nature of corporate of corporatization. And she's like, Black Lives Matter is my favorite hashtag. Like, all <laughs> she has so many great lines and. Uh, all her conversations with like the deep and a train are just hilarious and and then <laughs> I just think she's a, a terrific terrific part of the show and she's so she's as corrupt and morally corrupt as the soups yeah. although she has like one line where she lets her moral goodness come out for a second when she's being asked by starlight to help her take down homeland and she's like but I'm not a soup yeah. so you can tell she's doing it out of fear of being killed constantly that's why she, uh, why she's such a great publicist for Vaught. she's both afraid but she She's happy to be president, and the hair she's getting pulling, more power. Pulling out her hair is crazy, and then you find out that she has pulled out all of her hair from probably stress <laughs> of one, of almost getting killed all the time. Yeah, poor Ashley. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then we have Stan Edgar, who, awesomely played by Giancarlo Esposito, is the overarching antagonist in the first season and a half of The Boys. He's the, now the former CEO of Vought International and a superior, was the superior of everyone there. I wonder if he'll be coming back into play at some point in season four. I'd like to see him again because, obviously, with Nadia going to become VP and probably president of the United States in the show, I'm sure Stan Edgar, we have not seen the last of it. I'm sure he'll want some revenge on Homelander, even though he was kind of like a little proud of Homelander. I mean, Nadia for kind of uh, betraying him and taking him out. Yeah, like I trained you well. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, a great new character in season three. What do you guys think about Soldier Boy? I love Soldier hey. Boy. <laughs> 
Jensen Ackles is amazing. He's, he's pretty great. He does a terrific job. He's got a great beard, great voice, and he nails this role. I think he's. I didn't realize how good of an actor he was. I never really seen him in anything before. I well, I've seen Supernatural at the gym. It's always on at the gym, but it's always with subtitles because the volume's off. So I always, it's always on, and I've seen a lot of it, but I've just like read it, so I've never heard his voice until I saw the voice. I think it was a great way to mix the show up. We have another superhuman hero, superhuman being that's as powerful as Homelander. Almost, he was originally thought to be killed by the Russians in the Cold War, but was betrayed by like the original seven who tried to take him out. Um, and then he's been on a path of vengeance once he was accidentally rescued and released by the boys in Russia. So he's just taking out all the people who betrayed him. And then he has a deal with Butcher to take out Homelander as well. Who he finds out is the, he's the biological father of, which I thought was a great twist as well. You know, Vought would pull some some stuff to make, you know, uh, Homelander at, at all costs. So, of course, like that reveal was awesome to see because... Soldier Boy is like, you know, he's the staple boy. He's the Captain America of the of the world of the boys. And, um, you know, Vought just showing how um, corrupt that company is would go some backward way of creating soups. And I think it's all going to stem even more from Soldier Boy in season four than we think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he does a great job. He does like the Chris Evans, Captain America voice, a play on that. Yeah. And the outfit is, it's so, it's, I think he's the, my favorite counterpart to the, uh, like, true Marvel DC characters because of how diff, like, he's so different from Captain America, who is, like, so morally great. And Soldier Boy, even though he's, like, this hero and icon of the World War Two, we learned that he never stormed Normandy. He never did anything. It was all press. It was all, all fake. And... He's also like he represents like an old kind of culture of America, uh, a more backwards thinking society from back then, from 60, 80 years ago. And so it's like putting him like because when Captain America is put back into put into the modern era, he kind of he fits in. But like I like how the boys show like what if like what if Captain America was like a racist asshole who hated everyone and (laughs) and was just like a terrible, terrible misogynist. That it's fun to see that he's put into the modern world of a more progressive society. All right, that pretty much covers all the main characters of the show. Now let's talk about how soups are made and not born in Compound V. Now, Compound V is an alchemical super serum that was created by Frederick Vaught for the Third Reich. The serum was formulated to enhance the human body and mind and was intended to be utilized by the Germans during the Second World War in order to create super soldiers for Nazi Germany. In modern times, the serum continues to be manufactured by geneticists under Vaught International to transform normal humans into superheroes with extraordinary abilities. For reasons unknown, the modern compound V formula showcases its best results in children with adult subjects at a much higher risk of disaster. It appears that Vought has been secretly trying for years to rectify this complication by establishing the Sage Grove Center, which is what Stormfront is operating secretly for Vought, a psychiatric hospital in Pennsylvania. There, Vought scientists have been illegally injecting their patients with updated variations of compound B V formula with the hopes of creating a perfected serum that can successfully transform both adults and children into well functioning soups with minimal negative side effects. Actually, and also there's Tempe, which gives you the powers for 24 hours, but also will lead to your death after six doses. I forgot, we forgot about a character who is, uh, who's the fire guy? Um, What's his name? Lantern. Lantern or something like that. And I thought that was so meta 
to have Iceman from X-Men play, play the fire guy yeah. in The Boys. That's I bet great. he didn't even audition. They probably yeah. just asked him because I think that was such a fun thing to do is take the exact opposite of what you are in this great franchise and just be that. And they also had Haley Jawsman as the, the psychic who can see into people's um, past. Just like just, in Sixth Sense. Yeah. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah. He can see dead people. I love, like, those are two great <laughs> meta on the nose castings. And I also, for, for the Compound V, I loved it when the show revealed the twist that soups were made in the lab i think it happened at the end of what season one something like that and when that reveal came out i was like oh i really like this the fact that superheroes aren't naturally born or aren't a thing of nature they're made by a company and i really like that twist it really kept me engrossed in the in the story and then also the opposite of that of Vought creating super villains to stand up against these heroes that they're creating. It's just yeah. genius. His name is Lamplight, guys. Lamplight. 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 <laughs> I thought that was so fun. I'm like, yeah. is that Billy from X-Men? <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of Lamplight, I actually have a bunch of... I made a list of the movies that the soups star in in the universe. Just a few of my favorites. And I, Here's the list. It's pretty great. Black Noir, Insurrection, Crimson, Dawn of the Seven, Homelander Origins, Homelander Rise of a Hero, Homelander Darkest Day, Homelander, <laughs> Brightest Night, <laughs> Queen Yo. Maeve, Queen Maeve, Her Majesty, G-Men, World War, Rising Tide, Terminal Beauty 1, 2, and 3, Translucent, Invisible Force, Translucent, Invisible Force 2, Y2, Chaos, uh, Citizen Starlight, The Mesmerizer, and Red, White, and Blue Justice. Just Those are just some of my favorite uh, movies that they... Uh, soups have starred in. I like how there's plays on real yeah, superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they literally just just took the names like Justice and Brightest Light. It's great. I also have a list as well. I have a list, list of some of the craziest moments from the show in general. If you guys would like to partake, yeah, in let's this. hear it. So yeah. I think the first craziest moment of the show is, and still one of the craziest, is when A Train liquefies Robin in the pilot. Oh yeah, and we yeah. really see how horrible these superheroes are and what damage they can actually do to civilians, which is always hidden in DC Marvel movies. I have a crazy... I think I think the deep sexually assaulting Starlight was one of the craziest moments and really set the stage for the tone and the approach of the show. Absolutely bonkers. It was just super affecting. I thought that was a crazy moment for sure. And then... um. The deep having sex with an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Um, also, another crazy moment that I think is a great character-defining moment for Homelander is when he fails to save the plane, and then he just straight up abandons it. And as an audience member, this is when you really see the true colors of Homelander when he he's leaving the plane. He's like, oh, everything's fine. Yep, sorry, guys. Yeah, everything's cool. Then he threatens them with laser eyes yeah. if they try to leave. He's like, I'll laser you all. So that was pretty messed up. I yeah. think Translucent's death was also excellent and, and really funny, too, because you can't pierce his skin. You think he's he's got a diamond heart. You don't think you can kill him. And then he puts the explosive up his butt to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Butcher with laser baby is super funny, too, oh, yeah, when they're yeah, in yeah. the med room. Yes. He's, like, hey, he's like, good job, little mite. <laughs> Um, the heads exploding in the courtroom scene is is bonkers, absolutely insane. Popclaw accidentally killing her landlord when they're having sex. Oh my god! And she's riding his <laughs> face. And because we talked earlier how the the consequences of what happens when superheroes have sex with normal human beings mm. and how fatal it can be for humans. And then the uh, the deep's dolphin friend when he tries to rescue. Yeah, his the friend, rescue gone bad. And then the crash <laughs> and the dolphin flies to the windshield and they have like a slow motion shot and then it gets yes. run over by an eighteen wheeler. Oh my god, pretty nuts. And then 
Obviously, I brought up earlier Homelander almost having sex with himself when it's actually oh, yeah, yeah, Doppelganger, yeah. who yeah. he thinks it's, yeah. he's not happy with Madeline Sitwell's impersonation anymore, and then he pretends to be Homelander. He almost has sex with himself. Oh, my God. And then um, Termite, who's coked out and explodes inside <laughs> that guy's penis. <laughs> oh, my God. I also think That Kimiko- was wild. Yeah. That was insane. Kamiko's <laughs> first fight where she's killing a, those bad guys that have her, have her captive, and she just keeps punching a guy's face, and there's just blood splurting, and his just guts are being destroyed just from her punching him. Yeah. That Seeing her strength and her brutal nature, that was absolutely insane. Yeah, so lots of crazy moments from yeah, the show. Yeah, there's so many more, yeah. Great list. I also have a list of questions for you guys. Let's hear it. I'd All love, right. Love Let's it. go. <laughs> Which is the best season of The Boys so far? I would say I think season two is my favorite. Uh, the characters were all hitting their strides, um, and then Storm, um, Storm, what's her name? Stormfront. Stormfront was a great villain to go up uh, beside Homelander against everyone else. Uh, I think it was my favorite season so far. What about you, Calvin? I think season one was my favorite. Um, I just the the origins of the show all in. Uh, like the Homelander scene um, on the plane, like that really was a capturing moment mm-hmm. for the show. That was like the moment that made me go, oh, I have to watch all of this. Yeah. The, this this show is different. This is a different take on superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Season one for me as well. And I think because of Butcher, he's so excellent in season one. The writing is phenomenal. Oi. I might. Um, who's your favorite character on the show, guys? I would say Butcher is my favorite. I think he's uh, – I because I love Carl Urban, and I love the accent. He's so funny. He's got great one-liners, and he's a very complex character. Uh, I think he's really well-written, and the performance is excellent. I think he really is um, the – I would say the face of the show too. Uh, so I think uh, Butcher is my favorite. Calvin? Yeah, I also agree. I think Butcher is my favorite. If I were to say like a second favorite, it would be Anthony Starr, uh, Homelander. Mm-hmm. Um, I look forward constantly to every scene that he's in. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just because I want to see how fucked up he is. <laughs> Great performance, and also the scenes of them together are just highlights. It's like watching yeah. De Niro and Pacino and Heat when the two characters, yeah. when the enemies finally meet. Yeah. I love it. Same. Butcher's my favorite, which is why I'm, I was saying earlier, like I feel like they've kind of been writing him out a little bit as being the face of the show in season three, and I think they got to get back to that. Amazon Prime, if you're listening, get more Butcher in the show because <laughs> the more Butcher, the better. It should be Butcher, Homelander, boom, boom, one-two punch. Mm-hmm. All right, who has the best costume or wardrobe in the show? Oh, good question. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Uh... Uh, lamplight <laughs> with the, the hood the giant lantern he carries around and then the, the huge hood i think it's it's just really silly it's not that practical to be a hero but it's just fun what about you calvin <laughs> uh i like black noir mm, yeah <laughs> pretty badass yeah i like i think he's got a cool outfit his weapons are crazy yeah <laughs> yeah i like butcher's outfit it's kind of a superhero outfit because yeah. he wears the same thing he's got like the big giant untied boots the big coat so he kind of has a superhero costume yeah if you think point. about it good point who is the most important character of the show? Like, what character would the show not be the same without? I would say Homelander is the most important character of the show because he's the villain of the show. Calvin? I was also going to say Homelander. <laughs> great, minds think, great minds think alike. Homelander. And also maybe just the character of Vought Industries. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's the most despicable character of the show? I go Homelander. I mean, Homelander. Yeah, uh, Homelander. Homelander. <laughs> 
I think Stormfront's the most despicable. Oh, you, oh I, think well, she, I mean, like, oh, yeah, I think she's worse than Homelander. He might be right. It's a good pick. She's, I think so. I, she's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Will Homelander and Soldier Boy ever be killed? They seem to be unable to be stopped. I think so. I actually, I wasn't a fan of Soldier Boy surviving season three's conc- finale because um, it kind of just felt like, is anyone going to die? So I wasn't. I was actually um, dissatisfied that he um, was put in that tank at the end. What about you, Cal? Yeah, um, I was shocked actually at how little deaths there were in mm-hmm. the finale, um, or important deaths, I should say. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I um, think Homelander, or I think. Um, Soldier Boy should have should have died. I feel like one of our characters from our main good good guy cast should have died. Yeah, they went the Stranger Things route. They did. Yeah. Yeah. The odd thing about the ending of season three is nothing really changed except for Ryan Homelander, Homelander has co- completely corrupted Ryan. Um, Starlight is now part of the boys and everything. But like from beginning of season three to the end of season three. Nothing was really accomplished, and just a lot of innocent deaths happened. That's really all that happened with Soldier Boy and everything. So I, I was surprised that Soldier Boy, even I was surprised that Maeve survived. I love Maeve, but I thought that was going to be a great character moment, sacrificing herself to save people, mm-hmm. and she didn't sacrifice herself. So I feel like it took away from Maeve not being able to sacrifice herself, and they're just kind of maybe they don't know what to do with Soldier Boy right now. They're just putting him asleep, like yeah, I metaphorically was, yeah. and literally in the yeah. show. I thought, and I think it's extremely risky to keep him alive, um, uh, Mallory, to just keep him on like under ice, essentially. It, it seems like he's the only is the only weapon to stop Homelander because Perhaps, he yeah. takes powers away. One of his powers is to use that beam, which not only causes the explosion, but it removes superpowers from soups. So. It seems like they're going to have to go the route of using Soldier Boy to stop Homelander again, which is like you just did an entire season of that. Are we going to do another season of it? Yeah, so I agree. And um, But I do think – I think that Soldier Boy will be killed. I think he'll be killed by MM. And I think that Homelander will be killed. I think he will be killed by Butcher. I think it's just their destiny. I think that – my prediction is Butcher's going to kill Homelander, but Butcher will also die in the process. And they'll both go out – Um. At, at together, that's what I think is going to happen by the end of the season of the series of right. this show. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, yeah. pretty plausible prediction. Do you think Homelander is going to die? Uh, I I'd bet on it. It's gotta. He has to. Uh, but I would also bet on Billy dying too. Yeah. He has to. They both have to. All right. If you could have anyone's powers from the show, whose powers would they be? Good question. <laughs> I would take Homelander's powers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately, like, the best choice. <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of, like, shape change, though. So, mm-hmm. like, I would always, uh, like, maybe doppelganger, mm-hmm. like, just because I, I think that shape change is a underrated yeah, power. Myst- and yeah, Mystique is always you a highlight. Be anybody- I mean, like, I'm changing into Oprah. I'm walking into a bank. I'm withdrawn. <laughs> like, oh, my. <laughs> like, See, you'd be, a, you'd be a corrupted soup. Hey, I think we all I'm not be. killing anyone. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not causing any harm. Oprah's got plenty of money, so you can, take, you, She's, you can withdraw she a little can... bit. <laughs> good, point, good pick. Good pick. I probably, I mean, it's Homer. He's like the most powerful being on the planet. It's, yeah. it's hard to pass You know up. what I would like to see in the next season? Um, They don't have any soups with like the insect powers. It's a common thing that we see nowadays. 
Maybe there will be like an insect. Well, termite. Termite, I guess, but it's not. Termite, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 I guess I just want a Spider-Man. They should have a Spider-Man knockoff. (laughs) They should. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be funny. (laughs) Web man. (laughs) Black Widow man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea. All right. um, Would you guys take Temp V and how many times would you take it now? Temp V gives you the superpowers for 24 hours. Depending on you, it's something different for your powers. And if you take it six times, it's fatal. I would absolutely take it at least once. I would take it once, maybe yeah. twice. At, at, at least once, maybe twice. Um, maybe even three yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm also curious what my superpower would be. So that, what if it's something lame? Like exactly. you squirt like water See, on your nose. See, that's the thing. <laughs> You're never going to know, you know? And, but I have like, to know. You could get yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah. If it's something ridiculous, I would never take Temp V again. Well, or, if you were to guess, what powers do you think Temp V would give you guys? Huh. That's a good question. I'd probably say, like, extreme... Uh, like invulnerability if anything mm-hmm. i'm a pretty big guy and like <laughs> i feel like you become hulk. yeah i'm a little bulky so i feel like you know um probably like in, in uh vulnerability or something i i would i maybe read read other people's minds right, would be right. my power I like that i like that maybe i feel like mine would be something stupid like i have big teeth <laughs> no, come on. Give us a real power, man. You came up with the question. Uh, longer feet. That's, not, that's just an attribute. Kangaroo abilities. Okay, kangaroo, kangaroo song. I'd got, he's got mad, mad, Kang, mad hops. Kangaroo man. That's who I would be. Kangy. Kangy. Kang Kang, man. Kangaroo man. Um, what a terrible superhero. Some of them are bad powers. Can't always have good ones. All right. Um, so Hero Gasm, the episode in season three, was like – crazy marketed and hyped up by amazon social media was the episode worth the hype i'm gonna i'm not sure if this is controversial to say but i thought herogasm was uh overhyped and i thought it was a very good episode it was great to see the showdown the fight between soldier boy uh homelander and billy um but i, I thought the herogasm was not as graphic as i thought it was gonna be it had some great moments but I thought it was just kind of underwhelming for the amount of press it was getting and the amount of talk it was getting online. I thought it was it's still one of the one of the best episodes of the series, but it's I would say it's it's definitely top 5 maybe, but not like the best episode of the show. What about you, Calvin? Yeah, when I heard about it, I thought for sure it was going to be like, oh, this is the episode. This is the the crazy episode. Um, you know, I heard that it was banned in like four countries. I was like, oh, this is going to be insane. And I saw like leaks of like, um, you know, caution advisory, yeah, yeah. like warnings and stuff. And I, you know, watching it, I was under underwhelmed. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, I feel <laughs> like that was played up to be, I thought episode one of season three with the penis yeah, thing yeah, yeah. was way worse yeah, than same, that. Agreed. Like whole episode. Because yeah. they, so. they actually built that that set piece of, of the giant penis. <laughs> yeah. And someone actually walked yeah. in. When, when it's choking yeah. him in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, of, of, of a termite when he walks into oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah, They yeah, actually yeah. built that on, yeah. on set. It's crazy. So I, I agree. I think that it. It was a good episode, but uh, it's definitely not even close to some of the best episodes of the show. It, it might be the most hyped solo episode of TV I've ever seen. It's because of the name. The name is what really ev- everyone was freaking out about. <laughs> yeah. it's a, it is a great title for an episode. But it was a great episode. I love like the inside joke of like, oh, Frenchie's going to be so depressed yeah. that he missed this because yeah. Frenchie would love to see Hero Gasm. So I think it also mm-hmm. was an overhyped episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, final question for you guys. What do you think 
are you what do you have for some predictions besides nadia becoming vp and exploding the president's head and being a major antagonist of the show um other predictions you have for me i think it's going to be really interesting to see ryan and homelander going forward how he's by the end of the season seems to be completely corrupted by his fa- father and the violence and the killing after his father kills that guy at the rally and his and Ryan ends up smiling and the show ends on Ryan so I thought that was really interesting yeah it looks like Ryan's gonna have a lot more screen time he didn't have that many scenes in season three he had a lot more in season two I think that it's gonna be Billy and Homelander fighting for um the soul of Ryan and he's not fully corrupted yet but he can become a horrible villain. He has the ability to. And having the boys together, I think that we're going to get a bunch of new characters. And I think I, I think Nadia is going to become president eventually. Yeah, she's going to yeah. become VP and then pop yeah, his head. That's my guess. Is she's gonna, definitely going to become president. What about you, Calvin? She's probably going to pass legislation to help soups. Hmm. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of um, the, like, Big matchups, Billy, Homelander. Um, I think Huey and the VP are going to have a, like, toe-to-toe type thing. I don't know if Huey will use Compound V again, but it seems like his character just does do that. Like, he goes back and forth with Starlight yeah. all the time. I'm not going to do this, honey. He's a, flip, he's a flip-flopper. <laughs> like, he's a flip-flopper. So, so he's a big flip-flopper. So I think that he'll for sure take it again, probably get extremely injured i think there's going to be a redemption arc-esque type thing for a train um it seems like he's trying to be good and trying to change so i think that's kind of like good um I don't. I'm curious to see where the deeps characters kind of go. <laughs> For like, minimal IQ, like how, how deep can he go? <laughs> like, deep, deep, so. deeper. <laughs> I also think I think Homelander. He's gonna become a full on, flat out villain to the public, and I think a lot of people in the culture are gonna flock to him, being a killer, being a villain, and it's gonna make him feel more. He can be himself finally. In front of the cameras, he's going to start a move. Yeah. I think he's going to start a big movement, and also I think other soups are going to join him. It's going to be like a, an evil Avengers. It'll for sure divide uh, America. I think you know, uh, playing off of some of the real life situations that we have in America right now too. Um, so I think that it'll be very divided country and Homelander taking. You know all of these racist people. <laughs> like, um, so I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, the show has definitely progressively gotten more and more radical politically, and they definitely season three by the end of it have just like put on full gear radical politicization of populations from uh, the meat from the social media and from Homelander and everything like that. So it seems like it's going to be even more radicalized season five because they're going to obviously yeah. keep going in that direction. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think that the country and the boys is going to be divided about supporting Homelander and eventually he'll have a crew and then supporting uh, people like soups like Starlight who oppose him. I think Starlight will get probably maybe a new uniform. If not, she might just do. I'm not sure if she'll have a new uniform. No, she at the end of the season, like she doesn't need a uniform yeah. anymore. Oh, okay, so she's just you, wearing yeah. plain clothes. And okay. Starlight's going to I'm sure they're going to develop Starlight's powers because she she floated and she basically flew at the end of the season. And so maybe they're going to figure out ways of getting her to get overloaded with electricity so that she can get stronger. They need fights. more electricity. Yeah. But I don't know. It's not very green of her. 
It's not kidding. very green. <laughs> <It's> not very... <laughs> but I think they're going to try and figure out a way to maximize her powers in fights. Hopefully, because it seems like we got a glimpse of what she can do. She even probably did something she'd never done before with floating and having that giant beam. To Maybe shoot she can at harness her. lightning. Maybe. Yeah. So she needs a, a storm, a, a thunderstorm, a lightning storm if yeah. you're going to fight someone. Yeah. yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I need inclement weather to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight Homelander tomorrow when there's a storm. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> um, I'm excited for season four. I can't wait. It starts filming in August, so they're getting ready going on this right away, wow. fortunately. They're just rolling through. Um, thanks, Calvin, so much for joining us and being a Chosen One patron, such a longtime supporter of the show. Again, he's the first Chosen One patron guest spotlight we've had, so this is kind of like an experiment that we're going with. Uh, thanks for being an awesome guest. We really appreciate you. If you want to become a patron, just go to patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Calvin, you're the best. You want to plug anything? You're starting a show, right? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, I am going to be starting my own podcast here pretty soon. It's uh, called Nerds Assorted, and uh, it's uh, we're looking at a mid-August release as of now, so I'm really happy about it. Check it out if you want to see anything um, pop culture wise, uh, we're going to talk about movies, video games, uh, role playing games, etc. So it's it's going to be a good time. Yeah, and you you have an Instagram right now. So for all of you, go ahead and follow the Instagram. It's uh, Nerds Assorted. Is it the, yeah. the full name? Yeah, Nerds Assorted. We have uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube. So we'll be starting there and hopefully branching out. I think we are also going to use Anchor as well um so i'm excited to do that looking forward to seeing it heck yeah all right thanks pal everyone tuning in hope you have a great week and take care goodbye y'all this episode of raiders of the lost podcast has been executive produced through patreon by cody moen john a graz calvin cam lauren smertz tyler mcfly and luke eccleston thank you so much for supporting our show everyone Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.